Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Watching the scene from the last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here to talk about the last day of Eagles training camp, at least uh, in the technical sense. We've got joint practices coming up. Two in Cleveland this week, two in Miami next week. But in terms of getting to watch a full practice at the Novacare Complex, today was the last day. We'll talk about that. We've got a trade to talk about. We've got injury news. We've got all kinds of good stuff. We've got excitement about the trip to Cleveland. Who are we going to see there? Who are we going to avoid there? And I think we should start with the trade, Zach. Uh, you know, we, we try to stay out of politics on this show, um, but I, I know that you are very good about you know reaching out to all the important people involved in a, in a trade. I'm curious, uh, what was Condoleezza Rice's reaction to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's trade to Seattle? I did not speak to Condoleezza Rice about this. As a matter of fact, that might be tampering now from Condoleezza Rice, considering she is a part of the Denver Broncos organization. Uh, but did you put the, in the request with Broncos PR? No, I did put in a, a request for Condoleezza Rice a few years ago when the, in 2019 when the Eagles drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Uh, I got turned down, and I was told that there were a lot of requests for Condoleezza Rice. Um, so that was not a On the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside front or just a lot of media <laughs> no, requests? I think, I think media requests overall. I don't think the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside front. But uh, the story here, of course, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside traded to the Seattle Seahawks. And I want to make sure that I get the name right because pronunciations matter for Ugo Amadi. Um, he is a defensive back. No, I no, you say, go. Okay. Yeah, I would say a safety is how the Eagles would play him. He did not participate in practice today, but they was made out a very there. they made a, a a very important showing of saying he's a defensive back, not just a safety. Yes. But my guess is similar to Bo's boy Josiah Scott. Um, you know, he's a I, he's a nickel who can play safety. I I heard um, when I asked a bit last night about him that probably not what you want as your top slot guy, but fine backup. Look, the Eagles got something for JJ here. Now, I have seen in some circles this was characterized as like a, a heist by Howie. I will say that reports were seen, uh, that Seattle was planning on cutting him, right? So this Correct. was – Simply, I shouldn't say simply, this was the Eagles getting someone who they clearly had interest in without having to go through the waiver wire process in order to do it. And JJ was. Yes, he is by no means guaranteed of of being on the team. Yes. Uh, JJ was not going to make the Eagles roster. Uh, I spoke to him on Friday night after the game about that transition from wide receiver to tight end. Never got to write that story. But, uh, but um, he told me he, uh, he, he, he gave me an answer to uh, which Eagles going to have a big season. So you get, you, oh. you will get to read that at some point down the line. I look forward to that. And I'll, I'll say this regarding JJ, I think a white side, we all know uh, a draft miss for the Eagles, right? Uh, that's, that's clear. It's a sunk cost at this point. And the context of the receivers drafted behind him, whether it's DK Metcalf, as Jeffrey Lurie pointed out, Terry McLaurin um, at, at the owners' meetings, he, he mentioned that McLaurin was the best one from that group. Uh, 
JJ, you know, the Eagles thought he was going to be something that he wasn't. They were hoping he was Alshon Jeffrey's replacement. Didn't have the same type of, you know, they thought the catch radius and contested catchability would translate to the NFL. He just, he struggled to get separation. But the thing that I'll say regarding JJ is this was never an issue of like desire or, or work ethic. He was, or attitude. He was, uh, he was actually, he, he was respected within the locker room. You know, he was someone who who cared, who tried. This was a matter of of talent and fit. It just didn't work out in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's not his fault that they picked him. You know, it's not his fault he was overdrafted. No, but I'm saying it's not like a Danny Watkins situation where, you know, there are times when you draft somebody, but, you know, they they missed wow, on the person. Danny catching a stray. I, I don't think the Eagles missed on a person here. I think, the, I think the Eagles missed on the player here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. They missed pretty pretty big, but yeah, yes they 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 did miss big. And as I as I pointed out, and a credit to to Bo and Shield here that we had the story last year on uh, the inner workings of the Eagles front office and some of the the decisions that that uh, were kind of focal points for the disconnect, if you will, with with different silos in that front office and. The Ortega Whiteside draft decision was viewed as one of those decisions. Now it's revisionist history to suggest that if not JJ, it would have been DK Metcalf, as we documented there, and I believe as Jeffrey Lurie touched on, it would have been Paris Campbell, right? And the Eagles uh, went with a different direction there. They went with JJ, and, and I do think like we make too much of those individual decisions. Like every team is going to miss on yes. draft picks uh, in the first and second round. For sure, like uh, it's it's more the process. It's the fact that like it's a it's a red flag. It's not good if you have two wide receivers on the board who you're deciding between, like as the clock is going down. Like that's a decision yes. that should be made going into the draft. Like that's the frenetic uh, chaos that that needs to be weeded out. Not the like you took the wrong guy. It's like let, let's have, let's have a better process here. And and obviously that's a story that makes its way back because people. Uh, are always going to point fingers about about missed decisions, and they'll say that that was you know Jeffrey Lurie's pick or or Howie's pick or you know the coach's pick. But uh, the the fact that it's like it's not lockstep at that point, that early in the draft, like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be having those debates, especially within a position group. Like, you know, what are we doing now? The the fascinating what if it's not necessarily what if they had taken DK Metcalf, but a, a player that they really liked that year uh, was AJ Brown. And what if they took AJ Brown with that Dillard pick, right? Uh, you know, they did not expect Dillard to be there on the on the board. What if if Dillard didn't slip, they stayed where they were, and they take AJ Brown in the first round? That would have been what, like eight picks higher than he went or thereabouts. But man, that's that's one of those that uh, changes the course of history for the Eagles. That's true. That's good. That is a good what if. Uh, do we do we have more news from the Stone Cold Newsman that he'd like to share? Should we send it over to yes. him? Or have you well, we don't need to send it over to me. We can just discuss it. for the. No, yeah. let's send it over. And it sounds okay. like we've got him now. That's right. Zach Berman from uh, the NovaCare Complex. We send it over now. The Stone Cold Newsman for the latest on the birds as they prepare to fly to the Midwest. The Eagles finished practicing at the NovaCare Complex on Tuesday with a, a key player missing. In addition to some key players that have been missing, this was Miles Sanders, running back Miles Sanders, who missed practice on Sunday with what the team termed leg soreness. Today, it is characterized as a hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. And what's notable here, we, we don't know the severity of it and don't want to compare it to hamstring injuries of the past, but for the sake of context, Miles Sanders had a hamstring strain in 2020. So uh, around this time of year, it occurred on August 19th, or it was announced on August 19th, and he missed week one that year. So not suggesting this is a hamstring strain, not suggesting he's going to miss any time this season, but certainly something to monitor with Miles Sanders. Also, Marcus Epps showed up on the injury, on the report today. He has a back injury that is notable because this is a player we've discussed as uh, perhaps the best safety on the Eagles. Those are really the new injuries. The other ones there, Javon Hargrave, 
that's been reported all already. Jason Kelsey, we know about that and so on down the list. I think my, for the sake of our news update, Miles Sanders and uh, Marcus Epps are the two notable ones. Back to you at the booth or at the desk. Thanks, Zach. Are these guys looking forward to lining up against a different team in Cleveland? They well, must for be the getting first, tired of hitting guys in the same jersey. For the first time this summer, they are going up against a team with a different color uniform, right? That's right. Because as you astutely pointed out last week, uh, even when they played against the Jets, they're still hitting someone in green and white. Finally, they're going up against brown, orange. You, you can't get two more attractive colors together than brown and orange, right? <laughs> um, and... The quarterbacks wear red there. Is that yep. is that right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Some teams, like for instance, in Kansas City, they wear yellow. Um, but uh what was that? What was it that? Was a, it was a video that popped oh. up on my screen. Um oh, okay. versus okay. got a side hustle. She's uh she's <laughs> no, either working trying on something, to pull something else or up. not paying any attention at all and right. I was trying to pull something up because I, I I was just there and I'm pretty positive it's red, mm. but now you're making me second guess. So All you right. can continue, Zach. Yeah, no, I, I, I was seeing the Florida bow here. Uh, I was, I wrote this down in my notebook to ask you, Zach. So I'm glad you brought it up. Hamstring. What is, what is the funnier picture? In this your is what you wrote down to ask me of hamstring. What's funnier, like a piece of ham on a string or a piece of string made out of ham. I don't know. Uh, a piece of a piece a piece of ham on a string, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Hamstring. It's kind of a funny word. Yes. You're hamstrung by this uh word here. Don't you think it's a funny word? Uh, it's a word that I use frequently. I probably thought it was funny 20 years ago. Wow. Now I have a, a child's okay. sense of humor. So I was right. It's like an orange the quarterbacks are wearing. It's like not really. Okay. Like a, Interesting. Yeah. I would say it's more of an orange hue than a red hue. But so the, the, so the offense and defense wears brown and white. Brown and right? white. Yes. Brown. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. And Marissa, where do you fall on the, on the hamstring discussion? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe hamstring, just like ham on a string. Ham on a string. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. He pulled. <laughs> Never it. really thought he, about he it. He pulled his hamstring. <laughs> He's been pulling that ham on a string all over practice. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. There's a lot to discuss from practice today. All right. Are you worried about the Miles Sanders thing? I don't have enough information yet to be worried about it. Um, I I I hope. We get more information. I'm somewhat skeptical how much information we will get on it. But certainly, whenever you're talking about a hamstring with a running back, it's not something to just set aside, right? That's a position where ham where hamstring injuries can linger. Now I'm so, thinking about the word. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so today is August 16th. If I yeah. set the over-under at uh, August 19th, will the Eagles sign Jordan Howard before or after that? Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's on their radar, like, imminently. You don't think so? No. Do you? Okay. I mean, perhaps. I, like I, it's I, know always he always on radar. I feel like he, might, he, he, like, lives under Howie's office. Like He always lingers. I think under his desk. I think that the, the three positions that I would be be watching the Eagles adding going into the, the season are running back, tight end, and safety. Correct. I think – Safety is more like a top of the depth chart thing. If there's a guy they see as like a potential starter, I think that's a market they could entertain. Uh, running back and tight end, that's that's more fortifying the depth chart. And I, I could see that whether it's as the 53 approaches or even before then. During this show, we're probably going to get an announcement on the cuts that the Eagles uh, need to make to get to 85. They have three more to go today. Correct. Any guesses? I, I don't want to predict the demise of a, of a player's employment here, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I do have guesses. <laughs> you know, I, okay, let's hear it. As I said in the past, I am, I am more sensitive about this topic ever since teaming up with Marissa on this pod. 
Yeah. But you have a job to do too, you know, understandable. But I, I, look, we always talk about players cut, players traded and and that kind of thing. But uh, I don't want to be the one who's like, I think this guy's out, right? You know, so you have a job to do and you have listeners. So who do you think? I mean, some of us can can like celebrate correctly predicting who's going to. I'm not. Them. I'm not saying. <laughs> wow. That's a joke. I'm not That's saying a joke. tell us who you think should be cut. I'm saying who you think will be cut. Uh, slightly different. Sure. Okay. I'll go Jared Williams. Okay. Now that they get some tackles back, I think that's one. Yeah, LaRaven Clark went from uh, not practicing to limited, yep. so he might be back soon. Yep. If they're going wide receivers, I would say either Lance Lenore or Devin Allen. Probably Lance Lenore there. And then, uh, depending on, I mean, even with Miles Sanders down, if they feel they can get by with four running backs because Gainwell is back and Boston Scott is trending in the right direction, the running back that they signed before the game as a body, right? I mean, not to. Oh, he's more than a body. How dare you describe that hardworking young man fighting for his professional life as just a body? But uh, that's a move that I could potentially see. Yes. Okay. I think what about uh, you? I think Mario Goodrich could be on. Um, and you were high on him before sure camp that. started. That's not true. I said I saw him do one thing like the first day of practice, not before camp started. And then I okay. started watching him more and and didn't see it all there. I think Jared Maiden is a possibility. Yeah. yeah, Jared uh, Maiden. Now Jared Maiden would need to be waved injured because correct. he has he's dealing with an injury right now. But yeah. I think Jimmy Moreland could be waved injured. Um I think they were hoping Jimmy Moreland Turns out to be more of a player. Yeah, but they could always bring him back. Sure, you're right. Can't make the clump in the tub. Why don't you just say can't make the club in the tub? Why do you need to add the I don't remember where that started. Okay. I think Pumphrey. I think it was Donald Pumphrey. You can't make the clump in the tub. That's what it was. Gotcha. Yeah. Pretty good longstanding bit. (laughs) That's Donald's legacy here, huh? Yeah, apparently. Uh, Here's another roster question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Water gun to your belly button. You have to put all your money on one player who will be on the week one practice squad. So a player who you are so sure will not make the roster, but also will not be claimed and the Eagles like him enough that he will be on the practice squad. 16 man practice squad this year. Who would you, who would you go with? Who would you go with? And, And Matt Leo's cheating. Correct. Matt Leo. Yeah, I should have said no, Matt Leo. That's a good, okay. good clarification on you. Okay. So I'm still compelled. I'm still compelled to say Carson Strong because mm. of the financial investment that they made. And even though he has not, like, they clearly don't think he's looked good so far because they're he, just not he got no reps in practice today. Not a single exactly. Ex- exactly. And there's also the, he thought too that typically you only really need to have three quarterbacks between the active roster and the roster in terms of like playing time and practice um, because you know someone's running scout team right and so there's just there's not enough duties for four quarterbacks but considering the investment that they made uh, in signing him and maybe they think that just you know give him a year to see how he can develop I would still say Carson Strong he's not going to be on the fifty three. I don't believe he's going to be claimed. So based on that, I would go strong. But look, I mean, it's the type of thing where I, I would probably say, you know, do I really have to make this? This this You're putting this all thing? your money. You're, uh, I mean, why am I your yeah, kids I out on the say, street with this answer? I would say I'd rather like diversify than. Uh, well, that's <laughs> not totally. the that's not the thing that's given to you. Sure. Unfortunately, I, I, in the, I don't know if this is the, the uh, just my knee jerk reaction to disagree, but. Uh, I don't agree because for one, the financial investment, like that's offset. If he goes to another practice squad, like they'll, you know, they still owe him the difference, but yes, uh, it will be borrowed off of that. And it's like, I think, I think they've seen enough. Okay. I mean, it's like Clayton Thorson, right? Clap and Uh, They did the same thing. They didn't even bring him back on the practice squad. He went to a different practice squad. I feel like that might be the case here with Carson Strong. My initial, uh, I posed this question uh, to someone else on the sideline. Um, my initial gut reaction was Jacoby Stevens, hmm. uh, the former six-round linebacker. I don't think he's going to make the active roster. I don't think that he would get claimed. 
because he was on the practice squad all last year. So why would a team claim him now? Uh, and then I think they would bring him back. But the I other answer, answer. what okay. the other the other answer to me was maybe a better answer, and that's that's Dion Kane. Dion okay. Kane, like, yeah. a veteran 26 year old who has been very good down roster at camp, making plays with the second and third team. He made two really nice plays today down the sideline, beating Tay Gowan and uh, Mac McCain. He's been good. He's like a very good uh, practice squad, like give you a look at a different team's big bodied receiver. But I don't think he's there's a spot for him on the roster, and I don't think he's been around long enough that if anybody else really wanted him, they could have gotten him when when he was available. What if we said LaRaven Clark or, or Richard Rogers here, right? I veterans. think Richard Rogers is another very good answer. Yeah, veterans who who you don't want to guarantee the salary, you put them on practice squad, and you can elevate them, right? If and if veterans don't go through waivers, right? So that's right, correct, yes. exactly. exactly. So Dick Rod is very is very likely. Richard Rogers, yes. Dick Rod. I think you I I I do think before we continue the Dick Rod thing, you should run it by him. It's like somebody said that they were calling him on the sideline. Also, we've uh I keep forgetting we have these packages to open on camera. Uh oh yes, I have that behind me. Yes. I, mine's in the car. So maybe during the I open mine. Well, I'm maybe not bringing, during the maybe I'm not bringing the, it to Cleveland. Maybe during the break. Okay. Uh I will go run and get mine and we can okay. both open ours together. Okay. What is this kind? Of, oh, this was not run past me before. I'm oh yeah, a little, sorry. A little it nervous. wasn't run past Correct. me either. It wasn't run past me. I don't know either. Can you shed light on, the, on what this is, Bo? No. I have a box that he told me to bring home with the instructions not to open it and open it on the. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. And it's this been is scary. I'll have my hand on the end button. <laughs> yes, it's been sitting. It's been sitting in in, in my office here uh, since last week, and I'm I'm eager to throw out the box. So. Okay, well, why don't we take a break? We'll okay. hear from you. Uh, speaking of Dick Rod, I, I haven't heard it, but I, I hear that this is a good ad read that people are going to want to listen to from you. No, don't so, don't hype up this ad read. Uh, so <laughs> Always hype up our advertisers. I'm going to leave, but everybody else should stay tuned because apparently this is a real banger. So uh, let's hear that, and then we'll be back with uh, the full Quactus report on, on what happened at practice today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Marissa, and the Bushman. Zach Berman, how are you? Bo, 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 please do not say that. That I, I took one for the team with that ad read. Um, I would like it to uh, certainly not get a nickname from this. <laughs> Zach, you crushed it. You absolutely you, crushed it. So shout out By to the me. way, I, I, I want our audience to know I texted Marissa and Bo. And I Did said, I read what you said? Yes, yes. Okay. Zach texted and said, and I quote, it's like Bo wrote it with the puns. I just read it as written, but people will laugh. <laughs> you said, and you said, is this for real? You thought it was yes. serious. Yeah. 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 I, and I wanted to make sure other people in the company were, were doing this because I certainly don't want to get a Slack message later about uh, something, you know, and I'm like, wait, I thought everyone was doing this. <laughs> I would never do that to you, Zach. Okay. Yes. Shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring a bunch of our uh, yes. podcasts this week. So we appreciate we it. We love all of our sponsors. <laughs> yes. Uh, Zach, uh, let's let's do uh, the reveal here. Now, yeah, you will, my, you will... my son watches this this thing on YouTube, Ryan's World. Are you, mm -hmm. are you familiar with it? No. And they do it's all just this kids opening toys. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Nice. And, and so... they're making millions of dollars to open yes. toys. So yeah. he always says to me, he, he says he wants to do an unboxing. And so this is the first oh, time I'm ever going an unboxing. Yes. So you will remember during uh, the fifth annual Osprey Awards. 
that uh, Sheil, uh, or whatever his name is, opened up a gift from Defop Noah Becker. Yes. Uh, well, he was not the only one who received one of those gifts. You will be receiving one, and, and as will I. So uh, why don't you go first? Okay. This? Oh, it's an Eagles uniform. Oh, from, wow. <laughs> Hold it up. It is a Noah Ellis Eagles jersey. Wow. It's, wow. It's signed. Signed. That's retro. That's uh it is that's an retro. Adult, it is an adult 3XL. Well, um, it's his it's his jersey. Yes. Uh and it's not uh, well, okay. That's that's very nice. No, that's very nice from Noah Becker and very nice from Noah Ellis. Of course, the cause is uh is to end gun violence. So I like the cause. I I um I purposely and purposefully both of them uh don't own any Eagles gear to make sure that I uh you know I am objective. I thought you were gonna say don't own any guns, but <laughs> well I don't own any guns either. But uh uh this uh for the purpose of this podcast for uh, I think you should share people in on the Noah Ellis. Well let it so yeah, let it serve as a reminder that uh, Noah Ellis has a brother on the team. Yes. Christian. Yes. Christian. <laughs> oh, I didn't connect those dots. Okay. okay yeah. Because I failed to get the brother. Wow. Noah Becker, man. What a deep op. <laughs> That's right. Now, now, perhaps, perhaps I, I caught wind of the Noah Ellis injury that he was going to be wave injured before camp. Mm. And so that I, I didn't want to share. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I, that, uh, judging by uh, some of the ways you tried to talk yourself out of it. And <laughs> after the fact, I don't think that was the case. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. My turn. Maybe this will uh, well, settle wait. the debate. Okay. Once and for all as to who Dick Rodman oh. wants to. <laughs> Very ah, I like that. For our audio and listeners. It, and, uh, and you'll notice here it's signed Dick Rod. Is it really? No. No. I, don't oh. know, I can't read it. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. Thank you to, thank thank you to Noah. Noah. Um, real quick, credit to Bo Wolf here. Okay. Uh, nobody does the 53 man trim down better. And nobody <laughs> does the 85 man trim down better either. Mm. The Eagles have waived injured three players. Can you tell me who those three players are? Well, Jimmy Moreland, since we yeah. just talked about him. Yes. Uh, Literally the one we said they would have to wave injured. That was Moreland, I thought. No, no, that was somebody else. Oh. Uh, Jared guy. Maiden? Yes. And then Jared the third Maiden. one is the guy we discussed. We didn't know that the – Jared uh, Williams? Lance, no, Lance Lenore. Lance Lenore. Yeah, because I didn't see my practice today. Yes. So, that yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Good scoop. It's not a scoop. The Eagles announced it. Yeah, but, you know, your scoops, McGee. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, let's get to uh, what actually happened on the field today, since uh, we haven't really talked about that yet. Oh, wait, um, we, we do have some big news. The Broncos have cut Travis Fulgham. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Bo. Maybe maybe a reunion. It's OK. I don't think so. I don't, yeah, I don't think, that's I don't think that went well with last summer. Yeah, I don't think so. Tough fall, tough fall for Jimmy. Yeah. They got the Tim Patrick injury, so you'd think there'd be a, a bit of an opening, but uh, not a training camp guy, Travis Fulgham. No. Turns out it will always have October twenty twenty. <laughs> Unbelievable! What a what a what a fleeting shining star, shooting shooting star. It's crazy. Um, okay, uh, let's. I, I think two big takeaways from practice today. Let's start with like the defensive secondary because of all these moving parts. No Marcus Epps at practice. James Bradbury left practice early on with what looked like a groin injury. He got it checked out, came back to the sidelines, watched practice, but did not participate. So that meant there were a lot of moving parts in the secondary. And at safety, it was similar to what they did a few days ago when Anthony Harris was not practicing, where uh, Kayvon Wallace, Josiah Scott, and Reed Blankenship all rotated in as the first team safety Opposite Anthony Harris, uh, they would go like they would split up the periods. You, each guy would get it for a period. Um, and I think it's telling that Jaquaski Tart is not involved there still, even though he's been back at practice. He's barely involved with the second team. 
it's it's one of the more in, like odd yep. developments of of how training camp has played out relative to expectation. Uh, I think he's by no means guaranteed of being on the roster. I would say I would guess right now that he's on the outside looking in. Um, but to your point of the Eagles probably keeping a close eye on on safeties and maybe wanting to make a trade, you know, depth wise, you, you you might not think maybe it's nitpicking to be worried so much about safety depth. But if Jaquaski Tart's not going to be on the team, then after Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps, and who knows what the deal is with the, with this back injury, you've got. Kayvon Wallace, who uh, has underwhelmed this summer in year three as a fourth-round pick. Josiah Scott, who is new to the position. Reed Blankenship, who, uh, as much as uh, I have the crush on him, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves and, and pencil him in as a number three safety in the NFL. Uh, you've got uh, Maiden, who they just released. And I'm forgetting one, one person. Well, I guess you've got Amadi, who, who could be involved there. But uh, it's not great, and like it's it's the one real trouble spot on the roster. I, I agree. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've been uh, looking around to see what safeties would be available. I know the, okay, Bo's doing the look around face for our audio listeners. I'd like to give a little, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, physical comedy for the, uh, you're like Sebastian Minikowska. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a big as, fan of comedy. So I'm a big fan of Sebastian, uh, as is Marissa. Yes. Absolutely. I like, now, I prefer the uh, Sebastian from Little Mermaid. Okay, that's right up your alley. Um, wow. now, now we, it, I, I meant like musical theater type thing. Not, mm. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I we can do my Sebastian impression. Probably <laughs> problematic. We were talking about safeties, and I know that the pipe dream for for Eagles fans is Jesse Bates. That would surprise me uh, because I don't think the Eagles would give up the draft compensation for a player they can't extend long term. Right. And you can't sign him to a long-term deal right now. Also, I don't know what their evaluation is of Jesse Bates. But I think that if you are looking for a player who either, um, you know, a Jalen Rager type who was, you know, needs a, a change of scenery, or even like a Ronald Darby type where we saw this um, in, in, in 2018. I'm sorry, 2017. He was entering the final year of his contract. And... Uh, they they weren't you know the bills weren't going to resign him and so that's why he was available. Um, so a, a player like that, a player who's, who's in the last year of his deal, I think those would be the profile of, of players. I, I don't think they're trying to find a number four safety. I think if they make a move it, at that position, it's someone to really push Anthony Harris um, for Anthony Harris's spot uh, in, on the top of the depth chart. Yeah, I think that's right. Looking at uh... The 2000, it would be the 2018 draft or 2019 draft. Guys who are on their final year of their rookie deal. 18, right? 18. Unless, yeah. 18. Now, now the the best case scenario, like the dream scenario, the guy who I could see them giving high draft pick compensation for if they could resign is Derwin James. I just don't see why the Chargers would trade Derwin James yeah. because he's, he's an elite player and they want to keep him. He has the holding going on now. Oh no! So it'd be nineteen. It would be nineteen for non-first round picks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen for first round picks. Right. Uh, who guys are on fifth year? Is is Nazir Adderley uh, available? Probably not. I don't think so. I, I mean, Will I, Harris. This is Mike Edwards right now. This would be a good piece on the Athletic. Look at their options, and, and you give your your report. Uh, I don't want to sign your work. Fourth round pick. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, okay. Um, and then at cornerback uh, with Bradbury down, uh, they gave Zach McPherson the majority of those reps, as you would expect. But Josh Job was also involved and got some of those reps, too. Um, the cornerback situation is interesting because I feel like I don't know if it's overexposure. But like I, I was so excited about seeing these guys, like who's going to pop, and and it's been interesting to see that Job has leapfrogged Gowan and McCain and mm-hmm. Kerry Vincent. Um, but I'm also like, I'm also I've also been mostly underwhelmed with those guys. Uh, I mean, they're they're deeper. Well, not than Job. I, I I like Job. I think Job's been good. I think he's 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 been just okay the past couple practices and in the game like that it's more it's more notable that he's moved up the depth chart than like it's been impressive what he's done with those reps but Um, i think he's more active on the ball than than the other guys that you mentioned i think so too no i want to read this from our dame brugler uh because i i i put out there that that he was getting work with the ones and dane said and this is a quote from dane played hurt much of last season and it really hurt him come draft time surprised he went undrafted but he has talent to make the roster if healthy, athletic and competitive. I think Dane had him as a, I think a sixth round grade, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, you know, Gowan is the one who's got the length. Yes. Um, and that's shown up at times, but not to like a noticeable degree. I think Kerry Vincent moves the best of those guys, but he's also been uh, not great. And he's that been trade, banged up also. That yeah. trade remains uh, mind boggling to me. Uh, <laughs> that, that trade does not. That trade's not mind-boggling. Why? Because if you like the player, and it's a chance to get the player, a seventh round, like that seventh round pick that they gave up, that would have been Reed Blankenship. That would have been they gave up or a sixth. Six, that's or a, yeah. a seventh round player. Yeah, that's and nothing had changed. He wasn't even playing. They just saw a couple games in the preseason. They, he was so good. Why didn't he get on the field? They wanted the player. Like that's that's the thing. If 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 they want the player, that that pick could have been Reed Blankenship this year. It could have been Josh Job this year. It could have been like okay. a sixth, seventh round pick. A lot of the guys the Eagles are giving these 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 bonuses to are players they had draftable grades on. So if there is a player that you like, I I don't mind giving a late pick for a player that you like. You get the player. That's 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 what you get. You get the player. You gotta care about the value. I mean, I know it's on the margins. It's the end of the draft, but it doesn't make any sense. Like a guy is less valuable the second he's drafted, pretty much. He's a seventh round pick, and you give up a sixth. It doesn't make any sense. It's bad value on the trade market. A guy is worth what a team is asking for him and what you're willing to give for him. If the Broncos say we like his potential, why are we giving up a rookie we just drafted? The only way we're going to do it is if you give us a better pick than we spent. Yeah. Right? And if they're willing to give him up, then obviously they don't think very highly of him. They bring in Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio clearly didn't didn't, didn't think he was any good. <laughs> willing to give up for a six-round pick. Poor I, Kerry Vincent is showing up at practice thinking, ah, I'm so glad I got away from that guy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes Vic Fangio, this guy who thought he was trash, and he's got to see him on the sideline. I, I got to say, no wonder somewhere he's having a bad camp. Somewhere in the burlap and bean parking lot, she was banging his steering wheel because there's there's esoteric things we can talk about. I get that, and that's part of the appeal of this podcast. But instead of talking about this outstanding throw that Jalen Hurts had to A.J. Brown we'll along the it. right sideline that was the practice, second thing. we are relitigating a deal that the Eagles made last year for Carrie Vincent Jr. I think it's a galaxy brain Howie Roseman thing where he, he – he, uh, he knows that he has to lose a couple deals on value so that he can squeeze value else uh, out elsewhere. So, like, listen, you know, I made that terrible deal with the Broncos. You saw that. You got, I got to hold out for a little bit more this time. Come on, come on, John. You know, you know. Come on, bro. Maybe so. I, I, I don't. That's know. That's pretty smart. That's next level. That's three D, four D chess. That would be interesting. He's just sitting there in the offseason, bored. I need to make a trade. I, you know what? I, it's about time I lose a trade so that. I don't so think how is bored. I don't think how is bored in the offseason. No, this was in the season. Yeah. Mark, oh, okay. Yeah. But but you said sitting there in the offseason. I said I meant, yeah, I meant in okay. season. Yeah. Okay. His offseason, basically. Okay. 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 Still so makes let's no get, sense. 
So 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 let's get to the throw from Jalen to AJ. Okay, let's late, get to the late throw. hands, AJ. Yeah, but this wasn't really a late hands situation. Well, yeah, that, it was late hands if you watched AJ on the play. He didn't pick his hands up until the last split second. Yeah, but this was less of a late. I mean, late hands is like you're 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 like uh, tightly covered. I mean, he's doing late hands, but it stands out when it's like he's tightly covered and sort of surprises the defensive back (laughs) by the ball being there. This was not that. This was he beat Job uh, on the line, and uh, Jalen Hurts made a a nice throw downfield. It was, you know, it was not a lofted throw downfield. Uh, It was a like you got to squeeze it in there before the safety gets there, and it was a perfect throw. It was it was similar to the one uh, to Devontae Smith from. A couple days ago, uh, that beat yep. the two uh, de- defensive backs who ran into each other. And I know there's been some debate on the sideline about whether that was a good throw or not. I think it was. Um, but he beat uh, Kayvon Wallace, who was coming over. Big, long touchdown. And Shane Steichen had talked before practice about <clears throat> Jalen Hurts improving uh, his accuracy on those long balls. And, and we saw it there. Big play. Yes, I agree. You wanted to talk about it? Talk about it. You've been waiting. Uh, I, you said it's been it's 42 <laughs> minutes since we got to the thing you've been waiting yeah. to talk about. I finally bring it up and you're you're silent. I thought it was one of the better throws of camp. I thought uh I thought Jalen wow, Marissa. <laughs> um I thought I, I didn't know if you had more to say on the topic. Uh I mean you I haven't read your practice reports yet, so I'm going in blind as far as what stood out to you. This stood out to me as the highlight of today's practice. Was I agree. is that accurate? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a good throw and it's, it's the, it's the type of throw where like, if you are looking for signs in practice that Jalen can become a higher level quarterback, not like just be efficient and consistent. I, I think that's, that's like the baseline expectation this year, but can make throws that say, all right, he, he has it. He, he has what you're looking for. That pass today along the right sideline, um, that's a high-level pass. And I, I, I think that uh, that would be encouraging to Eagles fans. I also thought that the the defense um, continued to really show up today. The pass rush. The pass rush, yes. Yeah, I mean, the secondary was a, was a little bit. No, but the, the, the pass rush. Discombobulated. Yes. I mean, let's, let, let, let's keep in mind this was A.J. Brown against Josh Job and Kayvon Wallace. So – uh, you would expect that that's not really what you're going to see on a, on an every uh, Sunday basis, but it was a really good throw. Um, and if if you're thinking of like just from a macro sense, what are the like what are the things that are likely to regress in either direction this year? I think you would expect that on the negative side, Jalen Hurts is probably going to turn the ball over more this year than he did last year uh, because he was so good at that last year, and that's not exactly. Uh, necessarily his DNA, at least as a passer. I think you, you would hope that he's not going to fumble as much as he did as a rookie and hold on to what he did last year, but I would expect more interceptions. The flip side is we've talked about, you know, he was uh, one of the, one of the least accurate downfield passers in the league last year. And I think that's something that is, is pretty unsticky that you're, you would expect a lot of noise in that year to year. And I would expect that he's going to be much better at that this year. And they've got people who can stretch the field who will make it easier for him to do that. So um, if you're just t- talking about like the volatility of, of their upside on offense, I think if, if he hits like four more of those passes than he did last year, that makes a huge difference to, you know, just their, their scoring. I would agree there. And, and really that's, that's the part to me, you know, I was, uh, I was prepping for, um, an interview today and, and I big was flex. thinking, okay, big flex, but I could say it's prepping for the podcast. I, I I I do think going forward. Who was the interview with Condoleezza? No, it was an interview we I didn't end up doing. Um, but this was this this morning I was going over like potential talking points in this interview, and yeah. the the thing is is that you look at the contending teams in the NFL, right? Um, they all their questions are other positions like Kansas City. How are the wide receivers going to be? Um, same thing in in Green Bay. There are teams where you say, you know, with Buffalo, how's the right side of the offensive line going to be, right? But these teams, like, you don't worry about the quarterback. They are there because of the quarterback. The Eagles, it's like, I wouldn't put them in the category of Kansas City or Green Bay or Buffalo 
or Tampa Bay. But uh, the the reason why the why people are picking the Eagles to win double digit games is the rest of the roster, not the quarterback, right? And, and so that's the interesting thing right. because of all the contenders, they are probably the only team, maybe outside of San Francisco, although Trey Lance is getting a lot of buzz, but out, outside of San Francisco that has like the question, well, if the quarterback plays well. I think that's a good point. And I think it's why, like, I don't think Jalen Hurts has to be any better than he was last season for the Eagles to win the division. I think if he's exactly what he was last year, the Eagles still have a very good chance. Why are, are you very are, – I'm sorry, I, but, I shouldn't have interrupted you. Why are you so down on Dallas? I'm curious. I'm not that down. On, I, I'm not saying they would run away with the division, yeah. but I think – if, I mean, they, what did they lose the game with the division by last year? Two two games? Yeah, well, they were down a game going into week 18. And, okay, so they were down they, a game going into week yeah. 18. Their roster has gotten much better, and yeah. the Cowboys roster has not. So, like, I mean, it's it's not just that simple. The Cowboys still have a better quarterback, but I would if if if, if Jalen Hurts is, is as he was last year and the rest of the roster is as improved as we think it is, I think they should win the division. But if they're going to be – Real contenders, he does need to take that jump, and I think you know I don't think it's I don't it's impossible that that happens. I think it's not not that hard. I don't know the NFC doesn't doesn't scare me that much, right? Yeah, no. Uh, now I'm I'm not fading Green Bay. I know a lot of people are. Um, I think uh, you know it's and not to not to rip on our. <laughs> I shouldn't even say rip. Not to disagree with Shield, um, but but there's like there's so much focus on the wide receivers there. My concern is, is look, if, if the offensive line is not what I think it, 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 it can be those injuries, um, you know, to their top two offensive linemen, if that's a problem, then that's a major problem. But, uh, like Aaron Rodgers has a track record of making it work with all types of, of wide receivers. I think that defense is going to be really good. I think the running game is going to be really good. I haven't. I don't. I. I don't know why there's this push to fade Green Bay just because Devontae Adams isn't there. Devontae like Adams Rogers. is the best receiver in the league. I think it's. A, I think it's like it's unfair to Devontae Adams to to not to to poo poo his departure. I'm not poo pooing his departure. I'm just boosting Aaron. Like Aaron Rodgers to me is the engine. I mean, yes, but there's a pretty vast difference between Devontae Adams and Romeo Dubs. Although I gotta say, I, I feel like if if we knew in April what we knew now, what we know now about Carson Strong, I feel like Romeo Dubs would have been a second round pick. <laughs> I hear you there, um, but uh, no, look, I I think it's not Devonte to Romeo. Look, we can actually save this discussion for our over under pods. Our over under pods. I mean, right? I I'm just. Yeah, I I, but, I feel like you're being. I feel like you're being unfair to Devonte Adams. Devontae Adams is is so good. I'm not. I'm not being. I I just think it's like, oh well, Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. So look, they they shouldn't be in this yeah, category. The offensive line is a real concern. Well, that's that's more. Yeah, if 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 that's the case, I I just I tend to look at uh, who's protecting the quarterback, who's rushing the quarterback, who's playing quarterback. Those are the three things I focus on, as we've seen in our drafts. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I understand that that's not going to win you any any fantasy football leagues, but um, I think it it does win you actual football games. So uh, yeah, but we don't I, know. But we don't know who's protecting the quarterback. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. I when I when I was making my predictions on the athletic, it was before camp started, and I didn't realize Bakhtiari and Jenkins were going to have lingering injuries. Would you be willing to do uh, some ayahuasca for a story? <laughs> ayahuasca? Yeah. What's that mean? You've been, you didn't hear you've about been reading everything about the NFL and you don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and ayahuasca? Oh, oh, oh yes. Okay. I, okay. I, I thought, so I got to tell you something here. Uh, and, and this shows you kind of how like uh, uh, tunnel visioned I am right now. I thought you were making fun of somebody's pronunciation of Coyote Awashika. <laughs> and I thought that I messed up a pronunciation and you were referencing Awashika. Uh, so yeah, no, I, uh, I've read some of these psychedelic stuff and it's beyond, it's beyond me. Um, let's so, get back to, w- would you be willing to do it though? Zach, for a story? The question. No, 
No, no, no. No, I would not. No, not even for a story? Not even for a story. No. Wow. You know, you think someone's committed and then you find <laughs> out that they're not. <laughs> so anyways, let's let's get back to practice today. Um, this this pass rush is going to cause problems. And I mean, look, I mean, cover your ears, Marissa. I think it's going to cause problems for Cleveland's offensive line this week. And that Cleveland offensive line is a really good offensive line. Um, there are some questions right now. Um, but uh, but this this pass rush is legit, even without Javon Hargrave. I think Josh Sweat's going to have a big year. He's living in the backfield this year. Not true. No? He wasn't today. He was living in coverage today. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, he covered Devontae. Covered yeah, Devontae not... and covered Kenneth Gainwell out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Hassan Reddick had a blitz up the middle today or a rush up the middle today. He was there in a snap, right? Uh, so, and then we've we've talked about the interior rushers. Brandon Graham's had a really strong camp. I think this this pass rush is going to be what I thought they were going to be last season. Okay. I, I'm still, I mean, I think they will be much better. I sort of, I sort of need to see it. I sort of need to see the, okay. if That's it's going to be gamed up. I need to, see, I mean, I think, I think Josh Sweat's going to be very good. I think Hassan Reddick's going to, you know, certainly make them better. But if, if it's about all these moving parts, I sort of need to, need to see it happen before I trust it. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I think if you want to really get, crazy like I, I think they've got top five defensive upside i'm i'm a little more like i need to see it from the secondary than from the what about rush. your boy bradbury all you talk about is james bradbury how he's the best corner in the league i like the corners i mean i'm concerned about these safeties right okay. and i think in and, and, and we heard shield every week last week talk about how this defense relies upon safeties Right, I think they they need better safety production. Um, real quick, I I, I do want to before we wrap up here. I'm curious, uh, what are you most excited to see in in Cleveland? And I'll I'll say besides seeing Marissa, like like what are you most excited about seeing on the field? I've been exchanging emails with Zach Jackson, Michael's for legs. story for a story that's going on in the athletic. Um, I am excited to see AJ Brown against some different corners. Okay, Denzel uh, just- Ward and. To, yeah, to see yeah. if that if that travels as much as we expect it to. Um, I'm excited to see their offensive line against the Browns defensive line. Let's get a little Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata against Miles Garrett. Let's get a little, little yeah, check in there. Yeah, I can't wait there. for that matchup. Can't I wait think, for that matchup. I think that'll be fun. Uh, let's go. I mean, you know what? Aside from Michael Dunn, um, I mean, I think those are the marquee matchups. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree on on Miles Garrett. Um, and I think, uh, look, whatever we want to say about Deshaun Watson, he's a he's a high level quarterback. He's like a high level passer. And the if you think about uh, camp last year, the joint practices, the Eagles really didn't see that type of quarterback, right? Um, at the time, Mac the Jones had, was a top one hundred player in the NFL, according to the <laughs> well, the the Patriots had this competition going on between Cam Newton and Mac Jones, right? Um, and then the Jets had had Zach Wilson. We've seen joint practices against Tom Brady, right? Um, where you know, I I I, I want to see Deshaun Watson against the secondary. I'm curious to see how that goes. Now, I don't quite know w- what Deshaun Watson's situation is, is going to be. Whether he's going to be with the first teamers, whether he's going to be with the second teamers, whether he's going to be out there at all, right? So, so there are variables here that we will see. But uh, yeah, I, I, what is I think the what is the really update there, out. Marissa? Do we know that? Um, it, they've been, they've been swapping according to Zach Jackson. Um, okay. <laughs> they have been Jacoby Brissett, um, has been taking a lot of the reps with the ones. Um, got it. and so has Watson they've been, but Jacoby Brissett, I believe got most of them today. You could check all that out on Zach Jackson's Twitter feed or the athletic.com slash Browns. Action Jackson. Yep. <laughs> They're going to be a huge bro hug between, uh, Jacoby Brissett and Nick Sirianni. I expect as there should be. Jacoby Brissett, by the way, to me, was one of the stars of the Luck podcast. Yeah, he had some good quotes. I I really enjoy listening to him on 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 that podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Wait, oh, oh I I'm seeing in the in the message here. Yeah, you were 
you saw Lamar Jackson in joint practices and basically thought this guy was a practice squad quarterback. So that is not that is not <laughs> accurate. I respect the callback from John in the chat. Uh, I I said he he was inaccurate in that in that practice. I stand by that. And I also I'm sure I think I said that you know it wasn't a good venue for uh, you know reading him as a quarterback. He's not a he's not a sit back and throw guy. I think that's reasonable still. Okay, Bill Polian. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, Zach. That's the third wow. one today. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, th- I apologize. The Bushman comes in to whack him. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. That was not right. I'm sorry. Um, Bill Polian, a guest at the Ospreys. <laughs> yes, a guest at the Ospreys. Um, yeah, so I, I know we're up against a uh, hard out here. Zach Pascal um, had some good routes today. Uh, he continues to, uh, to to look the part of being a better bat- route runner than we give him credit for. Um, Dallas Goddard was very productive, had three catches in a row in the red zone, including two touchdowns. Um, Cameron Tom getting some reps with the twos at left guard. What do you make of that? Uh, they're trying things out. They had Jack Anderson at center, but then Coyote came in a little bit later. Josh Sills got the work on Sunday, so uh, they're they're looking for uh, combinations there. Jack Driscoll got some reps with the threes at left tackle for the very first time all camp on the left side. That's interesting. Uh, if you're going to trade Andre Dillard, you need to feel comfortable that somebody else can play left tackle. So, uh, I don't know. Some interesting stuff. The offensive line uh, roster more up in the air than we might have thought. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to observe. Two can you name Cameron Tom's brother? Zach Tom? There you go. Wake yeah, Forest. Go Deeks. Wake Forest. I didn't know they were brothers. With, yeah, again, getting some reps with the Packers right now. And uh, there were three members of the Super Bowl team at practice today. Oh, yeah. Yes, Brent Covey Sella. practice, Jeremiah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Britton Covey did return to practice. Uh, Brent Selleck. Darren Sproles and Tori Smith. Tori. He must have heard us on the pod talking about him the other day. He must have. And, yeah. and I should let everybody know that I, I asked Zach uh, following their appearance uh, if he could name the players on the active roster who were all on the Super Bowl roster. So there were three non-players in attendance and there were eight still on the roster. And Zach, of course, wrote the book. He knows the roster forwards and backwards. <laughs> he was able to get all eight. No problem. But it is true that the last one he got, the one that took him a little bit longer, was Derek Barnett. <laughs> Nothing against Derek. Derek was a key part of that team and recovered the most important fumble of Eagles history. Yes, you made a very in, in, important semantic difference that you think the most uh, memorable, memorable fumble. Eagles fumble recovery is still Herm Edwards. Yes. So you made sure to needle Derek in some way, but that the most important one is still Derek Barnett. I wasn't needling Derek at all. I I like talking to Derek last week. I enjoy every interaction I've had with Derek in the past six years, five and a half at this point. Okay, he's got he looks uh uh he's got a bit of a different look going on up top. Yeah, what's the expression? He, he as she would say, he 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 came all the way home. <laughs> is that what he says? Is he, that what Shield says, or is that what other? He used a little bushwhacking on the top of the dome. No, he's he's got it clean. I like it. Yeah, right? he looks that's, good. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, I. We actually didn't get, we didn't do a podcast on Sunday, so we didn't talk about the Barnett Dillard. Um, ah, yes. And and, I know we're tight against it. You yeah. Why don't we're, we're going to end in a couple minutes? But why don't you tell okay. the Dillard story? Well, so so Dillard gotten three scuffles in that practice. The first bow observed in uh in one-on-ones when he was going up against uh, uh Derek Barnett and if you remember they had a practice in 2019 when there was a scuffle and actually Doug Peterson Howie Roseman needed to talk to to Andre who was very emotional then he had one in a goal line period with Patrick Johnson and this was a, a mild one very benign you I it, it's even a stretch to call it a fight but there was like so, some shoving and then there was one uh, in the next series between Johnson and Dillard. And this one was so intense that Dillard's helmet came off. And if you, if, if you recall, Dillard had just returned back from a concussion and Dillard was, uh, went to the side and 
was speaking with Arsh with uh, with Dr. Arshtonota, who's, who's the Eagles head uh, or chief medical officer, and then also Howie Roseman came over there, and then Dillard left practice early. So of course he was coming off a concussion there, but Dillard was, and I I should say this this you know Dillard did not look the way he did in 2019. He was more stone faced here, um, but you saw the the first part of it with with Barnett. Yeah, Barnett yanked his helmet down. Uh, like Barnett was the aggressor of that. Dillard had won the rep, but then I think it sort of got Dillard in a space where uh, the rest of practice he was he was not all the way there. But I don't know what happened. I don't. We didn't get an explanation for yeah. why he had to leave. Yeah, I, I heard people say it was precautionary based on the recent concussions. Sorry, I'm tweeting my uh, practice report. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So to to set this up for you. Um, we are flying to Cleveland tomorrow. When I say we, Bo and me, Bo in the morning, I'm going in the afternoon. Uh, the highlight of the trip, we'll be seeing Marissa tomorrow night. And then we will be doing pods from Cleveland. The Eagles practice with the Browns, uh, at two o'clock on Thursday and two o'clock on Friday. And look, this for all intents and purposes is going to be their second preseason game. The Eagles are going in their there's going to be a high-level work with their starters in this game. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, in these practices. It would surprise me if the starters play in the preseason game because of this, if they're happy with what they get here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll have a lot to update you on. We'll have a pod after Thursday's practice. And then Bo and I are flying back Friday night after practice. So there won't be a pod post-practice Friday, but, but we're going to try to get you one before practice on Friday. And then on Sunday, we're thinking, since we're not going to be at the game, we're thinking we're going to do a live podcast on YouTube for the first quarter and then migrate on over to the app for a live room so we can hear questions directly from you for the second quarter. That's our plan at the moment, but we'll we'll follow up on that. So you know, set your, uh, your plans accordingly on Sunday. Uh, all right. So for Marissa and Elijah, and Zach, and the Bushman. I'm Bo. Thank you for listening to Birds with Friends. Make sure you download, subscribe, delete, re-download all that good stuff. Bless you, Zach. And uh, as always, we love you.